You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. As Congress tries to put together a deal this week to address DACA and immigration, President Trump says he thinks now a deal is unlikely. That's, of course, a switch from last week when he was bragging about the idea of a possibility of a big immigration deal, bigger than we have seen before. This all throws into question the future of millions of people who live here in America, including people who came here as children with their parents when they were here illegally. They moved here illegally and had no choice in the matter. Many communities and institutions of higher learning have declared themselves sanctuaries for undocumented immigrants. So have churches and other places of worship. In light of recent immigration enforcement raids that we are seeing across the country and right here in Metro Detroit, places of worship hope ICE agents are maybe a little less likely to burst into their buildings looking for immigrants to detain. We have some churches right here in Detroit who are doing the same thing, and we want to talk now about this idea of sanctuary churches. Joining us is Shika Damia. She's a senior senior analyst at the Reason Foundation. Recently wrote a piece in Reason Magazine titled Sanctuary Churches Take in Immigrants and Take on Trump. Also with us is Reverend Jill Zundel. She's the pastor at Central United Methodist right in downtown Detroit in uh, Grand Circus Park, which is one church that has taken in families as part of the sanctuary church movement. Shika and Reverend Zundel. Welcome to Detroit Today. Thank Thanks you. for having yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, I want to start with you, Reverend Zundel, uh, this idea of taking in families uh, who, who fear uh, that they might be targets of deportation efforts. Uh, I, I, I want you to just to explain to the listeners what that means uh, from your standpoint when you're saying to these families, come here and we will protect you. Uh, what are you what are you pledging to do? What we pledge to do is to house them, um, provide for their needs, protect them mm-hmm. um, from immigration, trying to come in and remove them, trying to keep the family together um, as much as we can, um, trying to give them a safe space. These are families that are absolutely terrified of being torn apart that have been living here, you know, for over 20 years and all of a sudden are threatened with deportation when they've been paying taxes, keeping, you know, uh, employment, all of those kind of things. And now all of a sudden, because of this presidency, they're they're fearing for their lives. Right. Their lives are in in uh, a limbo that, that they were not necessarily prepared for. We saw that heart-wrenching story just yesterday mm-hmm. of a man from, I believe, Lincoln Park, who right. had lived here for 30 years since he was, I think, nine years old. Uh, deported because he was too old to, to be part of DACA. He'd been trying for years to get citizenship to, to, to no avail. And so they've sent him away, uh, away from his family, away from the only place he's known as home. I mean, this is, this is a really uh, traumatic kind of uh, consequence, policy consequence that's playing out in uh, our community. Can you talk a, a little about the family uh, that you had? I don't want you to obviously betray anything that, that would put them in jeopardy, but I'm, I'm really curious about uh, the, 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 the family that you guys are protecting there, and I understand you've accepted a new family as well. Right. Well, we had one family that was from Africa, <laughs> and they were seeking <laughs> asylum. 
So it was actually a different case. That's that's a different kind of right. Uh, issue. And so they've moved out and have their own home now. So uh-huh. the family that we've taken in actually moved in yesterday because of Mr. Garcia's deportation. They were terrified. We they were saw going to, that and yep, felt. Uh, we were going to take them in today. We're having a press conference at 1 o'clock to introduce the family and tell their story. So I don't want to tell their story without sure. them being in the room. But um, so they moved in yesterday. Because they were they were very fearful that ICE was going to come to their place. That the same thing could happen Absolutely. to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you anticipate this growing to, you know, a level of, um, you know, uh, many families, I guess, uh, living in your church, trying to to avoid this this kind of sweep or or raid? Um, is this something you're you're preparing for? We are preparing for it. We have six floors in our church, mm-hmm. and so we can revamp what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have a coalition of other churches who not, can't necessarily house them, mm-hmm. but then can help us financially or taking children to school or those kind of things. Yeah. So we're ready to do that. We're trying to recruit other churches to step up and house them. And if they don't have the capacity to do that, then to help out financially and with volunteers. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I should note that this... <coughs> This action at Central United Methodist uh, follows in a long line of of uh, religious activism at that church. Uh, it has long been a place that has been at the forefront of of these kind of efforts. I should also note that uh, I went to preschool at uh, Central United Methodist back in the seventies. Right? I did, <laughs> so it's a place that I'm uh, very familiar with. Uh, uh, as well, uh, Sheikha Dalmia, uh, the the piece that you wrote talks about how uh, this is something that's going on uh, all across the country. Uh, churches are, are are finding themselves now in this position of having to stand up to the president of the United States. Right, and I actually traveled to Arizona over the summer where I visited uh, two sanctuary churches over there. Those belong to the United uh, Church of Christ denomination. And, you know, Arizona actually has, um, you know, as in Detroit, perhaps even a longer history of providing sanctuary. Um, Their movement started back in the 80s during the Reagan administration when Reagan was refusing to accept uh, refugees from El Salvador and Guatemala because, you know, it was in bed with their repressive regime, so they couldn't qualify for asylum. And they actually, you know, it's fascinating the churches actually set up like a whole very organized uh, underground railroad mm-hmm. to move these people and then give them sanctuary in the churches. I should uh, say one thing at the outset, which is that in the current context, uh, the way I understood the Arizona churches was that they are not trying to pick this fight with the president. They're not doing it to poke an eye, you know, finger in his eye. They just see that the need arouse, uh, around them for the kinds of activities, the kind their mission is just growing. Uh-huh. And that mission is kind of central. The mission is to, you know, they believe in giving succor to people who have nowhere else to go. They believe in keeping families intact and they believe in uh, preventing people from sent, being sent away uh, very often to their deaths in the right. countries you know that they came from. And so it is sort of family protection and life protection that they are in the business of, and they see this need growing around them and people actually coming to their door whom they can't turn away. And, uh, you know, uh, the reason churches are somewhat safe pla- uh, places is that, uh, you know, in this country and in every country that is civilized, we have like a history 
you know, there is a history of governments not going into these sensitive Staying locations yeah. and cracking down, you know, for law enforcement purposes. Uh, you, uh, there are three or four sensitive locations. There are courts, there are hospitals, and there are churches. Now, this administration has actually already started cracking down on courts. Uh, you know, so if somebody in an undocumented alien is in court for, you know, whatever reason, you know, they are looking for protection in domestic abuse cases or whatever, you know, the administration actually stalks them and catches them. It has done this outside of hospitals in yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Churches still are one safe place, but it is still an open question whether this uh, administration is going to maintain a hands-off policy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My <laughs> guests are Sheikha Dalmia. She's a senior analyst at the Reason Foundation. Recently wrote a piece in Reason magazine titled Sanctuary Churches Take in Immigrants and Take on Trump. Also with us is Reverend Jill Zundel. She's the pastor at Central United Methodist in downtown Detroit. It's one of the churches that has taken in families as part of the Sanctuary Church movement. If you want to join the conversation, uh, give us a call and tell us what you think about the idea of churches as sanctuary for people who are fearful about aggressive deportation tactics. Uh, is that something uh, we need more of here in Metro Detroit? And what do you think about the risk that those churches are taking uh, by by housing families who might be targets of deportation? 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag us. We'll work you into the conversation. Let's go to Tom in Southfield. Tom, Welcome to the Detroit Today. Hi. Um, I'd like to speak to it from a little different perspective. And I think the uh, whole program of uh, rounding up and deporting the uh, Dreamers is a program of government-organized terrorism against an incredibly vulnerable population. Yep. The uh, immigrant workers uh, do the worst and the most heavy and the hardest jobs in America, whether it's farm work or it's working in slaughterhouses or uh, it's working in hotels, uh, which people like Trump own. So <laughs> on the thing of the churches, I would support the churches. I'm not a religious person, mm -hmm. but I think the churches need not be the only people speaking up for the immigrants. I think that it can start small, but it can grow to thousands of people of being outside the church saying, we are all immigrants. We support immigrant people. My right. grandparents came here from Europe. My grandfather came on a passport that belonged to his brother in 1880. <laughs> yeah. I am the grandson of an illegal immigrant. I stand up for the immigrant population yeah. in America. Does, Tom, does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it makes it makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm really glad you called and, uh, and shared that perspective with us. Uh, Reverend Zundel, uh, one thing he says uh, makes me wonder about support for you. Like he's saying, uh, maybe we need thousands of people mm -hmm. to come out and, and surround churches and say, you know what, uh, you're not going to come in here and take people uh, away. Now, I think that's a dramatic... Uh, thing for some people to think about. I mean, and, and there's some danger, I think, uh, associated with it. But but I think, uh, I, I, I guess I worry that you guys doing this alone puts you in, in an incredibly uh, dangerous situation. It, it does. And the last time we had a family, we, we had um, hate mail and 
Twitter wars and right? nasty voicemails left at the church. Um, so it was a little scary. Yeah. But we also we protected ourselves and we're looking at a new security system and those kind of things so that we can be safe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you take on that risk when you're speaking out and protecting other people. Yeah. That's just part of that's just part of the walk. So. Right. Right. Uh, she could. Yeah. Uh, you know, from uh, my conversations uh, with the churches in Arizona, I think, uh, you know, private violence is one thing. Right. I mean, and they have their own security to protect against that. I think they are just more worried about uh, ice raids uh, on their premises. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the reason, it's a very good idea. I think everybody should speak up for immigrants. And, you know, I've actually am in favor. A friend of mine suggested we should all start a movement called I Know Someone, you know, right. uh, either an undocumented worker or, uh, you know, an immigrant who's in jeopardy, mm-hmm. you know, whom we know of and start a movement, a hashtag movement. And I think that's a wonderful idea. You know, the problem is that everybody else does not have the same protections as the churches have, right? Sure. Because they are religious spaces, they have First Amendment protection to advance their mission. So if this is their mission, which is to help people who are vulnerable, you know, they have some legal protection against them. It has been actually administration policy. I mean, there is internal administrative guidance that makes church churches off limits, um, houses of worship off limits for enforcement activity. Right. So if you were to take somebody in your house, right. I would be in real you jeopardy. would be in real trouble. Yeah. Uh, whereas, so, you know, I think churches do have a special um, you know, responsibility yeah. and, uh, you, know, mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, to do something yeah. because they are in a position where they can. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's take one more call here. Uh, Robert in Chesterfield, welcome to Detroit today. You there, Robert? Robert, you got to turn down your radio, I think. All right. I don't think Robert's paying attention. Uh, let's uh, quickly go to Daniel in Detroit. Daniel, we've got about two minutes left, but I want to get you uh, into the conversation well, here. Go ahead. Um, my, my question is is for, for those who think that uh, the churches do not have a role in this, and I know that there, there's a whole sentiment that we shouldn't be doing this, um, they, should, uh, they should be looking at... Uh, they should be looking at the scriptures harder about how taking how we're supposed to be taking in the strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, Daniel, I I appreciate that, uh, Reverend Zundel. This comes right out of uh, right out of out of scripture, as, as Daniel says. This is this is the mission of of the church. Absolutely, Jesus said, "I was a stranger, and you welcomed me." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's our call. That's our mission, and that's what we're willing to do to protect people, to keep families together, to keep people safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you know, right. just let me add one thing over here. You know, this administration and Jeff Sessions, who is now our Attorney <laughs> General, was vocal in his protection of Hobby Lobby to yes. not have to provide a contraceptive coverage. And Hobby Lobby was a private entity, and this administration administration was in favor of respecting its religious liberties. Yes. Churches have an actual, you know, mission to advance their cause because it is based on their, you know, faith mm-hmm. and in their book. 
And so it comes in direct conflict. So if this administration were to really go after churches, it would not only come in conflict with the First Amendment, but their own commitment but to their the First Amendment. their own idea of uh, religious freedom. Right, yeah. their own idea of religious freedom. Or what freedom they say is and, their right. idea. Right. And I think that's mm-hmm. one reason that the administration has been somewhat you know, hesitant. It hasn't actually spared courts or hospitals, like I said, but it has been somewhat hesitant in going into churches. But that actually is not... Uh, you know, it, that's a good thing. Right. But the life that the people who are in the churches, they lead is actually, you know, not a good one. I mean, they're pretty much prisoners in the churches. If they go out of the churches, they, would they be are, yeah, they right. are, they are vulnerable. In fact, um, the Arizona church I visited, one of the guests who was living over there, uh, you know, he was a chef and every once in a while he would sneak out to do some gig to support mm. his family. That was legal, right? Sure. And they got him. Oh, Actually, a few weeks wow. after I interviewed him, they got him and oh. they deported him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So it's really, really heartbreaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sheikha Dalmia, senior analyst at the Reason Foundation, Reverend Jill Zundel, pastor at Central United Methodist in downtown Detroit. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Thank today. You. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. This is WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>